Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about our next 633 event this Sunday, the live stream church services, the Walk in Truth podcast, how to donate, and how to find us on social media when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 4.21 through 5.1 called Standing Firm in Freedom. Galatians 4.21 Tell me, you who want to be under the law or under law, do you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the bondwoman and one by the free woman. But the son by the bondwoman was born according to the flesh, the son by the free woman through the promise. This is allegorically speaking 24. For these women are two covenants, one proceeding from Mount Sinai, bearing children who are to be slaves. She is Hagar. Now this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem 26 above is free. She is our mother, for it is written, Rejoice, barren woman who does not bear. Break forth and shout, you who are not in labor. For more numerous are the children of the desolate than of the one who has a husband. And you, brethren, like Isaac, are children of promise. But as at that time he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him, who was born according to the Spirit, so it is now also. But what does the Scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be an heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of a bondwoman, but of the free woman. And let's move into chapter 5, because I think it is a transitional verse, but it kind of caps the whole thing. It says, It was for freedom that Christ set us free, Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. You may be seated. Let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, each precious person that's walked into this place. This is a very technical text, as we can tell just by reading it. But it is very significant because it's another way that Paul begins to show us what we need to see about the truth of the gospel and about not getting ourselves stuck in slavery again. And this was the temptation of the Galatian church, and there's nothing new under the sun. It is our temptation to go back to things that enslave us rather than walking in freedom. And there's many ways, Father, we understand many ways that we can get ourselves entangled in sin, and even in religious practices that don't really make us free but enslave us. And we need wisdom on how to navigate uh, this particular issue in our lives because freedom is such a precious gift. And we are told here that it was for freedom that Christ set us free. You want us to be a free people. You don't want us to be under any kind of yoke, any kind of burden of slavery. You bore that burden at the cross to make us a free people. You took the weight of our sin. You nailed it to the cross. And we are free. There's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, and we are so grateful that you remove the weights from us in the gospel, and I pray for wisdom. As Elihu said to Job in Job 34, 32, teach us what we do not see, Father. 
Never was a prayer more true than this particular text where we need some technical understanding. So help us to put our thinking caps on this morning and to understand what you're saying to us. Lead us by your Holy Spirit. Give us the application we need that we can walk out who we are. I pray that in Jesus' name. And if you agree, say amen. Amen. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Freedom is uh, a concept in the gospel that we need to understand. And, And it would seem that it would be easy to define freedom, but we need to define freedom from a biblical perspective. What does God mean by freedom? Somebody might say to be free is to do what you want, whenever you want, with whomever you want. And that's one opinion of freedom. I was reading a commentary this week, and there was a gentleman who said that he had a father who has since passed away. This is a a scholar I was reading, and he said his dad began to smoke at a very young age. And And he wanted to smoke. He felt free to smoke, and he began to take a smoking habit on. That smoking habit became now three packs a day. So dad smoked and smoked and smoked and smoked. And he was one of those guys that, you know, if you smoke three packs a day, if this resonates with you, I'm not trying to beat you up, but you got you to gotta squeeze in a cigarette, you know, just about every other moment of your day. So dad got sick. He got emphysema. He ended up getting lung cancer. And even as he was going through treatments for lung cancer, he was still smoking. He attempted to kick the habit. He went to a week-long program to try to overcome the smoking. He couldn't do it, and it ended up killing him. So we can say, well, you know, we're free to do what we want. We could talk about a lot of different things that we can, you know, we can put into our bodies or we can put before our eyes, and we can say, I'm free. I'm an American. I can do what I want. Well, maybe. But freedom, from a biblical perspective, is to do what you ought, not to do what you want. It's to do what you ought. Or to put it another way, freedom from God's perspective is to be who you were always meant to be. It's not freedom, you know, freedom is not license in the Bible. And so we celebrate grace every day, but grace is not a license to sin. Grace is the ability not to sin. Amen? It's the ability to walk the way I ought to walk, to live the way I ought to live, to say, I want my name to be a good name. I want to live out the values of heaven as best as possible. If there was ever a free man on the earth, it was Jesus. Jesus was never impinged or pressured by the opinions of others, whether it was political, religious, or social. He did some things outside the norm, but he always did those things that pleased his Father. That's freedom. Freedom is I don't let other people dictate to me unbiblical values, even if religious people will look down their nose at me thinking I've done the wrong thing. If it's heaven's values, I'm free. This is what Jesus modeled. This is what it means to be free. And this is the text that we're looking at this morning. And Paul says, tell me, with a tone of sarcasm and irony, tell me, you who want to be under law, do you not listen to the law? Now, if we were to walk out the 613 commandments of the law and the sub-commandments of the law, a lot of them have to do with the sacrificial system. In fact, when you read through the first five books of Moses called the Pentateuch or the five volumes, 
what you find is a whole lot of stuff about sacrifice. Uh, you can't keep that, by the way, because to my knowledge, there's no temple or sacrificial system happening today. Now, we have made a distinction between the ceremonial law and the moral law, and we even brought out the idea of the pedagogue or the pedagogical use of the law, which is that the law is our tutor to bring us to Christ. So there's different uses of the law, no doubt. And we would argue as believers that the moral law, of course, is still in place because the moral law is captured in loving God with all, everything I am and loving my neighbor as myself. So there is an aspect of the law that we are still to keep, but we are not to be under the burden of the law to think that by fulfilling the law, it can save us. You cannot be saved by the law. We've studied it as we've gone through Galatians. If there was a law that could impart life, it would have been given. But no law can impart life because the law brings the light of sin. And so if I put myself back under the law, what I do is enslave myself to my own sin. The problem is not the law. The law is holy and good. The problem is right here. <laughs> the guy I look in the, at the, in the mirror every day. But the good news is that even with the light of the law exposing who I am in the inner man when I fail to do the right thing, etc., things that we've talked about, um, even though it exposes me, it drives me to the foot of the cross. I had a moment uh, some three decades ago now where I saw my sin for what it was. I saw that I was in desperate trouble. <laughs> I saw that my religious uh, activity and all the things that I had tried to do was not going to save me. And then I saw a Savior on a cross paying my penalty, bearing my burden, living the perfect life that I could never live. And then I, I realized how good, how good news the good news is. Amen? It, it is really good news. Uh, some of you may be here and maybe you've experienced a prison cell before. Uh, if you've ever lost your freedom, you know how important freedom is. And if there was ever a people that could talk to us about losses of freedom, it's the Jewish people. Because they were enslaved in Egypt for some 400 years. They went into a Babylonian captivity for 70 years. At the time that Paul wrote, they were under Roman occupation. And just less than 100 years ago, we had the Holocaust, where many Jewish people ended up in egregious, unspeakable death camps. And if you've ever seen footage of that, it is hard to take. I've, I've been to the uh, Holocaust Museum twice uh, in Israel. And both times I was there, I was stunned by the pictures and the artifacts and uh, how desperately evil man can be toward his fellow man. The loss of freedom, the loss of being able to do just the basic things. And there's a spiritual imprisonment that Paul's been talking about, and it's possible to put yourself back under a yoke. Christ sets us free. But if you have received the gospel of Jesus Christ and then you had somebody begun, begin to whisper in your ear that the gospel's not enough or you gotta do these 10 things to really make sure you're saved. That's what Paul is addressing. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
Join Pastor Michael Lance for the next 633 event called Race, Injustice, and Critical Theory, using scripture to define humanity with guest Monique Dusan. We do hold the premise that critical race theory is not the way forward, but we also affirm that racism is still real. You know, so if you're someone who believes that all racism is a thing of the past because we had the civil rights era and we've, you know, done some work to overturn some laws, we will challenge that narrative as well. Come willing and open to learn and ask good questions because what we don't want to do is just, you know, tell people this is what you should think. We want to create a space where we are creating a framework, so to speak, where people can gather knowledge and then be able to think critically about these things for themselves as well. Race, Injustice, and Critical Theory Using Scripture to Define Humanity will be on Sunday, August 16th at 6.30 p.m. at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. This free 633 event will also be live-streamed on YouTube on the Living Truth Christian Fellowship channel. Visit walkintruth.com and click on Church for more information and directions. That's walkintruth.com and click on Church. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. Some of you may be here and maybe you've experienced a prison cell before. Uh, if you've ever lost your freedom, you know how important freedom is. And if there was ever a people that could talk to us about losses of freedom, it's the Jewish people. Because they were enslaved in Egypt for some 400 years. They went into a Babylonian captivity for 70 years. At the time that Paul wrote, they were under Roman occupation. And just less than 100 years ago, we had the Holocaust, where many Jewish people ended up in egregious, unspeakable death camps. And if you've ever seen footage of that, it is hard to take. I've I've been to the uh, Holocaust Museum twice uh, in Israel, and both times I was there, I was stunned by the pictures and the artifacts and... uh, how desperately evil man can be toward his fellow man. The loss of freedom, the loss of being able to do just the basic things. And there's a spiritual imprisonment that Paul's been talking about, and it's possible to put yourself back under a yoke. Christ sets us free, but if you have received the gospel of Jesus Christ and then you had somebody begun, begin to whisper in your ear that the gospel's not enough or you got to do these 10 things to really make sure you're saved. That's what Paul is addressing. He's saying don't let anybody dupe you into thinking that human performance can save you. It can't. Christ saves you. Now just to be clear, where, where we are headed in Galatians is practical sections. If you're a Christian, you should be bearing fruit. If you're a Christian, there's going to be evidence that you are born from above. There's no doubt about it. But you've got to have the root right before you can understand the fruit. The root is grace. The fruit is what you do as a result of who you are. And we'll get into that as we get into the fruits of the Spirit and other things as we move on in Galatians. I want to take you to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. We'll look at a familiar passage where Jesus... Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is interacting with some folks that have professed faith in him or believed in him. John 8, we're going to pick it up at verse 30. 
John 8, verse 30. Let's see what Jesus said about freedom. John 8, 30. As he spoke these things, many came to believe in him. Jesus, therefore, was saying to those Jews who had believed in him, John 8, 31, if you abide in my word, that word abide means stay close, remain, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's offspring and have never yet been enslaved to anyone. That's not true. How is it that you say you shall become free? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. And the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. If therefore the son shall make you free, let me hear it, brethren, you shall be what? Free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's offspring, Jesus says, yet you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak the things which I've seen uh, with my father. Therefore, you also do the things which you've heard from your father. Uh Uh-oh. They answered and said to him, Abraham's our father. Now, Abraham's been at the heart of the uh, letter to the Galatians as well as the Roman letter. Abraham's our father. Jesus said to them, if you are Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. But as it is, you are seeking to kill me. A man who's told you the truth, which I heard from God, this Abraham did not do. You are doing the deeds of your father. They said to him, We were not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and have come from God. For I have not come on my own initiative, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I am saying? It's because you cannot hear my word. And then we get into something that is (laughs) really stunning. You are of your father, the devil. You want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning. Noted Bible students. They want to kill Jesus. And Jesus says, your father was a murderer from the beginning and you're plotting my murder. He does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own what? His nature. It's who he is. He's a liar and the father of lies. Even implicit in this famous text is the idea that you've got to have a new nature. You've got to be born again. That's when the truth and the love and the fruits of God will come out of your life. He's a liar. He's the father of lies. But because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. It's the truth that sets people free. Back to Galatians chapter 4. It's the truth that will set us free. But there were people chained to false theology in Paul's day. We've identified them as the Judaizers, the false teachers in Galatia. Some have called them the influencers. And they're trying to tell people in Galatia, after they've received the gospel and been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, that there is more to it, and you're really not saved unless you get circumcised. You're really not saved unless you have a kosher diet. You're really not saved unless you honor the festivals. And on and on it goes. And they were preaching a false gospel. And Paul says, listen, Don't you know what the law says? Why would you put yourself there? Now he's going to give us what's called an allegorical uh, approach to an Old Testament text. This is technical. So if you came today and you didn't have your coffee, uh, go out and get another cup of coffee. Come back in. No, You're going to need to think with me a little bit here. 
Some people believe what Paul is about to do is known as a midrash, M-I-D with rash at the end. Like a commentary from a rabbi taking a meaning of a text that is not clearly the historical setting or context on the surface, if you will, and bringing out another meaning of the text, another application of the text. Some people say what Paul is doing is both allegorical and typological. I'm sorry for all the big words, but this is one of those texts. And so um, he's going to reach into an ancient text, and he says, for it is written, notice 22, Galatians 4, Abraham had two sons, one by the bondwoman and one by the free woman. Now, no specific verse is given in verse 22. Paul is giving a general overview. Now, the two sons born to Abraham were Ishmael and Isaac, okay? And so this is the story, and the, and the two sons came from two different women. And we'll talk about how that came about. But this is the story, and Paul is going to break into an allegory from the law. Remember that the law was considered by many the first five books. So Paul says, if you want to be under the law, let me give you an example of a story in the law. So the law takes on a wider uh, definition here. It's not just the Ten Commandments or the ceremonial law. Here it's the first five books. So a story, if you will, from the law. Abraham had two different types of sons. You could say the most important thing to grab here is which son had a spiritual line to Abraham. Because that is the issue in Galatians. It's who, who are the true children of Abraham? Who has a spiritual line to Abraham? Not just a lineage. Remember John the Baptist said to the Pharisees who had come for baptism? He said, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Talk about political correctness, right? They're coming, it says they were coming for baptism. And, and John says, you brood of vipers. Welcome to our church. Good to have you this morning. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? The axe is already at the root. <laughs> Whoa, baby. John, did you eat a little too much honey this morning? I don't know. You've been listening to Standing Firm in Freedom, part one on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 4.21 through 5.1. And don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen on walkintruth.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, if you have some time, visit our website, walkintruth.com, to learn more about our program. And if you've been listening for some time and appreciate the program and what it has to offer, would you please consider giving a small donation? Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry, and we're able to broadcast on this station and do the podcast because of your support. Now, it's our mission to equip you and new listeners with the truth of the Bible and how it applies to today's issues. And as you know, there's a lot of issues today. So if you can give just $5, we believe that the Lord is faithful and your $5 donation is going to go a long way to help keep this ministry thriving. You can give that $5 donation when you visit walkintruth.com and click on donate. That's walkintruth.com and click on donate. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, freedom is such a beautiful, beautiful word. And it is something that I think is becoming more near and dear to us as some of our freedoms are being stomped on these days. Let's, let's be honest about it. And we're concerned about a lot of things. And 
standing firm in freedom is important. But, you know, the Bible teaches that we're free in Christ, but we're also servants or slaves to him. How can that be true? Because you are, you know, let's let's put it this way. Who you serve ends up determining whether you're free or a slave. And when you serve Christ, you're free to be who you were meant to be. You're not free to do anything you want to do. You're free to be who God made you to be. And that's what we're getting at in this message called Standing Firm in Freedom. Well, I'm excited to remind you about our special 633 Apologetics Evening this Sunday night at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona. It begins at 6.33 in the evening. It's also going to be live streamed on our YouTube channel. You can find out information, directions, how to uh, connect to the YouTube channel, all of the above when you go to walkintruth.com and click on the church tab. Now, this particular evening is going to be called uh, Race, Injustice, and the Gospel of Critical Theory. And it is a critical moment in our culture, but especially in the church, because that's really our focus here, is how is the church going to navigate these times and navigate them well with truth and love? Well, that's the goal for this coming Sunday evening. Keep it in prayer. Tune in as you catch us on YouTube. Tell a friend. And if you'd like to come out again, walkintruth.com. Have a wonderful weekend. We hope to see you on Sunday and God bless you. And join us Monday for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 4, 21 through 5-1 called Standing Firm in Freedom. I'm Mike Massaro. Have an awesome weekend. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.